Um, how many of you have been working on your memory verses? I haven't either. I got I got lost in it somehow. I it just I, I October, September, October, November was the whole passage about um, the fruit of the spirit. It was three verses. It wasn't that that big of a passage, but just somehow it just kind of got drowned out in the midst of everything. So let me tell you what September and October were. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice what the, the, the writer said through the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says he is producing this fruit in our lives. Not that he can or he might, but he is producing this fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And then this month's memory verse is verse 24, the, the verse after this, after that. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Not they can, not they should, but if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, if Christ Jesus truly lives in your heart, you have nailed the passions and the desires of your sinful nature to his cross. Have you thought about that? I want to talk about that a little bit today in this, this idea of thankfulness. Um, have you been reading in our, in our book? It, we've, we read through Galatians, and now we've, this, this week, if you've read up to this morning, we've read through Ephesians. And we're heading into what? Very good. So, um, a lot of these books, a lot of what they talk about in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians are repetitive. Similar, similar themes. The, the theme of, of Galatians and the theme of Colossians are both refuting heresy in the church okay um the the theme of ephesians is exalting christ and who he is the theme of philippians is loving one another in the body loving the lord as i read through several of these books recently i was struck by some of what I read. I have read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. I can't tell you how many times over the years, as I'm sure you have. And sometimes you just read through it, and you read past it, and you get busy in your reading, and you gotta gotta read these pages, you gotta read these verses, you gotta get this chapter, you gotta say you mark off your little list of things you've read. And we don't read with the intent that God intended His Word to have, which is to speak into our lives to change us. 
As I was reading, I told Mark this week earlier, we were talking about what I was going to speak on. And Colossians chapter 3, verse number 12, really speaks a lot about what we've been talking about all morning. It says, God has chosen you and made you His holy people. God has chosen you. And He's made you holy. God loves you. That's the next thing it says. Just, I love this translation. He loves you. When was the last time you just kind of sat down and reveled in that thought? Remember when we were, we were kids? We, we used to, now I don't know that we actually did it. Some of you girls probably did it. But the guys knew about it. That take the flower and you pull the petals. He loves me. He loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. I, Get, when, you, when you pull the, the, the flower and you start pulling it and you're talking about God, it's He loves me, 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 He loves me. God loves you. Now He's specifically talking to believers right here, although He loves the whole world. He loves all mankind. They are His creation. But He says, so your new life should be like this. You, you ought to look like this. And this is really what struck me this week. Now, I, I just want to confess to you right now. I, I, I confess to you right now. When I read this, my heart was pricked. I was troubled. I love what Brother Sam put out one day. I think it was last week. Uh, he put out one day about to walk circumspectly, to, to look at your life. Make sure you're in Christ Jesus. Make sure your life matches up. This is exactly what this passage is talking about, only it doesn't say that. Now I want you to just think about this. Your new life should look like this. Don't go out and get drunk. Don't be running around with them kind of people. No, it doesn't say that. It does a little bit later, but that's not what it says. Listen to what it says. Show mercy to others. Show mercy. Not that they deserve it. Mercy isn't deserved, is it? Mercy isn't earned. Mercy's part of God's grace. He's saying you and I should show mercy to others. To who? To the people that think like you think? People that act like you think? The, the people that vote the way you do? The people that agree with your side of whatever the argument might be you're on? He doesn't qualify it, does he? Show mercy to others. Be kind. You're starting to see where this, this sounds an awful lot like the fruit of the Spirit? Be kind. How hard is it to be kind? Pretty hard sometimes, ain't it? Hey, hey let's just be honest. It's pretty hard sometimes. But, but really, what does it cost you to be kind? Nothing. It really doesn't cost. It, it doesn't cost you anything. It might make you have to set back a little on yourself. You want to know the easiest way to be kind? The next one, be humble. Be kind. 
Be humble. I'm not going to be nice to that guy. Does he not know who I am? Does he not know how important I am? Let's put it in the house. I'm so glad you said what you said about James today. It was so appropriate for what I'm talking about. Because you know where the place where we're least humble? At home. We're least humble with those people we're closest to. We're least humble as believers in the church. Do they not understand my position? Do they not understand how long I've been here? You know, they put the building up around me. You know, did they not understand? You know, you, can you believe that person parked in my parking place out there? Can you believe they sat at the place I wanted to sit? Did they not know? Be humble. What's humility? <laughs> Recognizing truly in God's sight who you are and what you're not. And even when you are setting yourself down, having a, having a lower view of yourself, humility. Be kind, be humble, be gentle. Boy, I'm telling you, that's, that's, that, is that gentle? You know how easy it is to just be rough? Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I want to smack people around sometimes. I want to do the gib slap in the back of the head for all you NCIS fans. Yeah, I want to gently let you know. what. But, but Paul, Paul says to the church at Colossia, hey, be kind. Be humble. Be gentle. I don't want to even read this one. Be patient. Just come on, man. Just be pa- Listen, that person may not be where you are. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated in the church sometimes. Do you get frustrated in the church sometimes? Sometimes I'm like, well, are these people ever going to get this point? That, that particular person that I've dealt with for 11 years, and there's not a lot of them, but, but for 11 years I've been dealing with this particular person, and they still don't get that one thing. They still struggle with that. Be patient. Be patient with Zoom. We, we are an impatient society, are we not? Well, I, I was sitting at the computer this morning, doing some things on the computer this morning, and I'm sitting there just tapping my fingers on the desk, waiting for it to load. If it, for whatever reason, it was dragging this morning. Now, I remember when it used to do the whole sound and trying to just load in to even get the signal in. Remember before, did anybody, y'all remember what it was like before microwaves? You stand at the microwave now and you just watch the numbers go up. Hurry up, hurry up. I'm not going to even wait. I I don't even wait. I set it for 30 seconds, and at 25, I'm like, stop, get it out. I'm ready. Patient. But but what about just the patience of God? We talked about that. God is patient with us. What if we were as impatient with others? What What if God was as impatient with us as we are with others? Well, first off, somebody else would be up here preaching today because God would have done slap me in the next week. 
Now, very specifically, he's talking to the church. Don't be angry with each other, but forgive each other. I can't tell you how many times in churches I have watched them literally just tear apart at the seams over the years because people would get angry and they wouldn't be able to forgive. And they sometimes over legitimate hurts, real, real damage that's been done, really bad things to one another, and sometimes over just silly stuff, frivolous stuff, foolish stuff, and, and just watch the body of Christ disintegrate because of anger and the inability to forgive. Listen to what he says about forgiveness for you and I. If you feel someone has wronged you, forgive them. I love this because it doesn't say if they did wrong you. If you even feel like it. If you feel like somebody slighted you, just forgive them. Mark has mentioned it in a sermon before, um, so I'm not stepping out of bounds here. But I'll never forget a conversation he and I had back in the kitchen one day. Um, where he hadn't been here too long. We were talking, and, and he was just being very honest with me about a hurt that he had. Somebody had really done him wrong, although they didn't think they had. And, and they were really kind of doing the, you know, dig it in. And, and he was like, man, I just, I, you know, part of me wants to just lash out, and, you know, part of me knows I shouldn't. And, you, know, and we just, you know what I told him? I said, just let it go. Just forgive him. And it's, it's not going to do anything for you. If you lash out, it's just going to stir the pot. It's going to keep it. It's the body of Christ. Let God deal with them. And that wasn't some great revelation I had. That wasn't some, you know, holy moment God just spoke. I just, out of experience, I've learned, just trust God in this and let God be your justifier and move on. You know what I told him in, in that day, and I think he'll remember this. The thing I told him is that what I've learned is, the quicker I forgive, the quicker I'm over it. And really, that's all that matters because I'm the one that's stressed out. I'm the one that's in turmoil. And when I let it go, my life becomes better, easier, gentler, more comfortable. And isn't that really, I mean, that's what we want. We want, to, we want our hearts to be settled. We want our stomachs to quit turning. We want that aggravation in us to go away. Well, the easiest way to do that is to forgive. If, someone, if you feel like someone is wrong, you forgive them. But, you know, you don't know what they did, preacher. I got the answer to that one for you. Forgive others because the Lord forgave you. All right, so anybody here that has a reason to think that they can't forgive someone, no matter what the reason is, no matter what they've done to you, no matter how horrible it was and how real it was, the command of God, this isn't a suggestion, by the way. If, if you were to go back and study Greek and all that kind of stuff and read about it, these were imperative commands. They were continual commands. Keep doing this. They were imperative. Do it now. Keep doing it. Forgive because the Lord forgave you. Is there anybody in this room that could say, you know what, I am absolutely confident that that person that hurt me 
did something greater to me than I ever did to God. (laughs) That's kind of hard, isn't it? But when you think about it that way, it becomes easier to treat someone else with forgiveness. He says, together with these things, as that is just a basis. These are the things that I'm talking about. I want you to to be kind. I want you to be humble. I want you to show mercy. Be gentle. Be patient. Don't, Don't get angry. Forgive someone. With these things, the most important part of this new life that you say you have is to love each other. Love each other. You don't have to like everything. It doesn't say like covers a multitude of sins. It says love covers a multitude of sins. Love each other. Love is what holds together everything in perfect unity. It, it's like as if I took all those things on the fruit of the Spirit and I hung them on me. Like, you know, it hung off of me and they, they would clamp around and flop. And, you know, if you moved around, they would just be moving off of you. Love is the overcoat that you put on it that holds all that stuff tightly together. All of that, and that's really, that's the, that's the meaning he said, he's talking about here. If you went back and read and studied it, the meaning is that this is an overcovering over every one of these things I've talked about. And it will hold it all together when it wants to come undone. Let the peace that Christ gives, control your thinking. And here's the key to this, folks. If we're going to walk in this new life, if we're going to walk in these truths that God has said we're to have, if we're going to show mercy, if we're going to be humble and kind and patient, if we're going to love one another, The only way that you and I in this church, as much as we like one another, the only way we're going to do this is if we let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. Studying this out, it's it's almost like if you took a, a sporting event and you had a referee or an umpire, that was going to make a judgment about what was right and what was wrong, what was fair, what was foul. The, the boundaries you had to stay within. It's saying right here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let Christ be the umpire over what you think. Let it bring in what is foul and what is fair, what is right and what is wrong. Allow it to control the way in which you move and think. Now, I just got to ask you, Because this is where it began to really pound me in my heart. How much do I let Christ control what I think about? How much do I let Christ dictate whether I'm going to show mercy? How much do I just respond in my flesh? Wait a minute. We read in our memory verse that those fleshly desires that I have, I've nailed them to the cross as a believer. If I'm not walking in them continually, 
If, if I'm not battling with this, as Paul said, this battle between spirit and flesh, because look, I know we don't always get this right. I'm not telling you that I think we always get it right. I'm telling we we should work at getting it right more. We, we are being conformed into the image of Christ, right? We're being made to look like Him. If, if I'm not battling with this, if I'm just responding, that person ticked me off. I am not going to be patient with them. I have had it with that person. I, I, I don't have to be kind. They were mean to me. If the Spirit of Christ isn't bringing us in control, this is out of bounds. You don't be there. This is inbounds. You need to be here. And if it's not controlling us and giving us peace in the midst of the struggle, two questions. One, am I being disobedient to the Holy Spirit? Or is the Holy Spirit in me to even speak? That's goes to Sam's point about walking circumspectly. Now, listen, I think we all all think about that. Listen, I think you and I should read this Word, and we should question ourselves. Am I really born again? Do I know the Lord? If this isn't a part of my life, can I claim that I have Him? If it doesn't impact me? Now, again, I don't think you're always going to get it right. (laughs) If you do, call me, because I want to need you to teach me, train me, because I don't always get it right. But the one thing that I do know is that I struggle with it. I battle with it. And here's what I'm convinced. I wouldn't struggle with it if I was lost, because I wouldn't care. There wouldn't be any desire to be under the rule and constraint of the Holy Spirit through Christ. He said, I want you to know it was for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body. God chose us to be together as Fresh Start Fellowship, as the body of Christ together. Remember how this started. God has chosen you and made you His holy people. and He chose you to be in here. If you've joined our fellowship by confession that this is the place you believe that God has called you to serve Him in Keystone Heights, which is the requirement, one, that I am born again by the Spirit of God, and two, I believe this is where God called me to be. If you've joined us as a fellowship, then we're together by the will of God, and it was for peace that He called us together. And then He says... And always be thankful. This is not just a little addendum. This isn't just something you just kind of threw in at the end. It ties into everything we've been talking about. To truly be thankful. To truly have a heart of thankfulness. You must, I must be under the control and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I have to be surrendered to Him. Church, I am convinced we have lost something in this time and place in our life. And I really believe what God is doing in the church today 
what he's allowing in our country today, in the world today with this pandemic and all the frustration that we're all going through in the, in the turmoil of our century is he's trying to call the church back to paying attention, to loving one another, to behaving like Christ called us to behave, to praying together. He's called us to be thankful in all things. Give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you who are in Christ Jesus. It is the will of God that you and I would be thankful. In the midst of all that's going on, to stop and remember what God has shown us. Mercy. Grace. He humbled Himself to come down and take on the flesh that He might serve us. How can we live any other way with one another and with the world around us?